Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,119. This week on Cars Yeah, I'm celebrating the Ironstone Concours that takes place on Saturday, September 22nd at the spectacular Ironstone Vineyards in Murphy, California. To learn more, go to ironstoneconcours.org, and I hope to see you there. Business is so dynamic, and there's a lot of things going on. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Mark Nerdine. Hey, Mark, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Ready for a ride. Got the buckle in. All right. And we got a little barbecue flavor through the air here. You're going to learn about that in just a second. I'm hungry already. Mark Nerdine is the CEO of Bull Outdoor Products, a company that provides grills, islands, and grilling components to over 900 dealers and distributors within North America and reaches 15 countries and is growing. For most people, tinkering and testing on open flame grills in your garage is not advised, but Mark is not like most people. His efforts with developing grills in a closed environment led to his success. He grows his own grapes also in his vineyard in Lodi, California, and is a hobbyist winemaker along with a passion for international culinary endeavors. He's a certified barbecue judge for the Kansas City Barbecue Society and served as a judge for the Bull Outdoor Products and their Bull Burger Battle. Say that three times fast. Mark is also an enthusiastic car collector. That's why he's here today. An international auto enthusiast having traveled the world attending car events. And his company is also the Ironstone Concord Tour sponsor. For 2018, I'll get to meet Mark and enjoy this tour in a couple weeks when I'm at the Ironstone Concord. I cannot wait. If you want to learn more about Bull Outdoor Products, just visit bullbarbecue.com. So, Mark, I've told our listeners a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your business and a very obvious passion for automobiles? Yeah, sure. Business started it in my garage in 1993 with a partner. You know, we just had a desire to own our own business. We developed a product, went to market, grew slowly over the years since bought my partner out. You know, we our main goal is to get people to spend more time in their backyards and enjoy their barbecue with their family and friends. And that's what we do. It's a lifestyle um, thing for us. We, we really enjoy the backyard. Cars, they're a hobby. I love them. Love them since I was a kid. Can't get enough of them. That's the fun stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think this is great because car guys and car gals love cars, but we all love barbecuing. We all love getting together with our family members. And what you've built there is quite an impressive uh, business uh, all around barbecuing. And it's so, it's so much fun. And we're going to learn a lot more about that. We're going to learn about Ironstone Concord. We're going to learn about your passion for cars. But first, as we continue on this journey, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning on cars, yeah, or the spinning, I guess I should say, for barbecues. So, Mark, take the wheel. My favorite one that my grandfather told me many years ago was, you don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. Okay, do elaborate. what (laughs) What does that mean to me? It means that you want to surround yourself with 
people that are experts in their field and people who are a lot smarter. You can't be the best at everything. And, you know, in business, it's so dynamic and there's a lot of things going on. So when it comes to accounting, you want to have the best accountant, you know, what and so on and so forth with marketing and, you know, all the different aspects of being in business. And so you want to surround yourself with experts and people that are, who are very good at what they do, who can give you good advice so that you, uh, you can lead your company in the right direction. I think this is something that, that many small businesses fail to see and it, it disenables them to get to be bigger because the owner thinks they know everything and they can't get out of their own way in many ways. So, you know, it's a really, really wise thing. How are some of the ways you've incorporated that concept into your business? has helped you grow to be so big? Well, I, you know, I, I think getting those people and listening, I think listening is really important and taking advice and not, not thinking you know everything. And so um, as you grow in business, things change. And so you have to look out and you have to reach out for advice and, and reach out for experience and go to different people. And uh, now, now the internet, because the internet's around and there's, that, that gives you a lot of, of information, but you have to go out and get it. And you have to ask for it. As a lead a CEO of a company, not everybody wants to just throw advice at you. So you have to ask for it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Great advice. Well, let's talk a little bit about cars here and go back in time and have you share a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment when you knew you were indeed going to be a car guy? I think it was the, the day I drove my first car, which was a 1976 Scirocco. And, cool. you know, as a kid, for me personally, I didn't get a lot of like, I didn't, my parents didn't let me drive cars when I was 13, 14 years old. I didn't get to drive a car till I got a permit. But, and that was fun, but it's not fun driving around with your parents. But when I got my driver's <laughs> license and I got my first car and I was by myself and I drove this car and I thought, I just got this feeling like this is, you know, driving a car is fun. I mean, I yeah. just really, I fell in love with it. Freedom, freedom. Well, we share a little something in common. My first brand new car, my listeners will know this, they've heard it before, was a 1979 Scirocco I bought right off the showroom floor. And, you know, I love that car because before I had older cars that were used and that car being brand new is like, it's all mine. But the Scirocco, what a wonderful design and not a super fast car, but for a young kid, fun car. And uh, it took me to many great places when skiing a lot in that car. What was it about that Scirocco that you liked? It was small. It's a German car, uh, which I've grown to appreciate German engineering over the years. I, I probably didn't understand it then, but you know, the car just felt good. I think really it was about just the freedom of having been able to drive a car and all the different things you enjoy about driving a car and it just felt good i you know i my mom had an oldsmobile cutlass supreme that was not that fun to drive you know there's a big boat <laughs> and thing kind of floated down the road and you got i got this this other this car that was you know much smaller much tighter just you know just um it was a whole different feeling then you start to think about well if this car feels this way you know what's another car feel like and you know that's where you you start to grow your passion for for different vehicles absolutely yeah my parents had an osmobile vista cruiser we had a couple of those and talk about boats <laughs> uh yeah big giant uh, cars with big barco loungers in the back great for road trips across the country but not much fun on the on the hills and uh, mountains and things i would love to talk a little bit about this business you've built and the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or even a failure you may have faced along the way 
you know, being an entrepreneur is fraught with challenges and failures, but these are wonderful learning lessons. So walk us through one of yours, if you will, and tell us how you came out the other end and how that that experience helped you gain even more momentum as you grew your business. Somebody asked me that question. What What is one of your biggest challenges in business? And there are many. It seems like they never seem to go away. Um, no, they but don't. The biggest do one they? that I've, <laughs> the biggest one that I've, and I'm still experiencing it today is growth. And growth is a funny thing because you think as a as a business owner you want to grow, grow, grow. You know that's you know, and especially you know when you look at Wall Street and that's all they care about is growth. You know, right. grow, 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 and growth. Unless you have unlimited funds, it's challenging. Um, mm-hmm. Everything that you do, especially in, I'm in a manufacturing business and, and growth is expensive. So it's a continual challenge, and it, but it always changes. And the demands of growth change. Um, sometimes it's warehouse space. Sometimes it's machinery. Sometimes it's employees. And so as you grow, you're, you continually deal with these things. And, and, and then the different, and I've gotten, you know, you get better at it as you do it often. But it's like moving into a new, a new office space. Do I get one for my needs today or do I get one for my needs tomorrow? Because if I, you know, and, and you start to, you have to start to analyze those things. And growth, is, growth has always been inventory and all these things cost money and you try to manage them properly. And then, you know, there's a risk factor. And if I get the warehouse that I need for the next five years, well, what if I don't grow that as big as I think I'm going to grow? Then I'm going to have this warehouse. I, for me today, it's a fun challenge. It's one of the things I enjoy is growing and, and dealing with the challenges that come along with that. If you asked me that 15 years ago, you know, you used to scare the heck out of me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've heard this from a lot of guests and I, I helped run, I did run a company for 20 plus years and growth was a big part of that. And I remember moving into a much bigger warehouse once and standing there and looking at all this space going, how on earth are we going to fill this up and pay for this? And you're right. Let me ask you this for those people out there that might be in a small business and they're, they're facing that challenge. Cause yeah, if you're not growing, if you're not evolving, then you're shrinking and you're dying. So you have to keep growing in some capacity, but you've got to do it safely and smart. So what's little one little piece of advice you might offer when you think back to your business and growth? For someone who might be facing something like that, saying, you know, I know I need to do this. How do I make that decision to take that bold step forward? I, I think being conservative is the safe, is your safe. I'm not a guy who sits down and figures out where I'm going to be in five years. That's, mm-hmm. that's not how I operate. I think it's dangerous when you talk about the space or your warehouse space, because a lease might be five years. You might have to sign a lease for five years. So you're tied into that. I would say be conservative. Five years is a long time. A lot of people in business talk about five-year plans. I don't believe in them. It looks great on paper. Be conservative. Be safe. Don't bite off something that you might not be able to afford. And that's really what's important. Yeah, I've heard that from many of my guests, and that is conserve money, conserve capital. And yeah, don't go out and borrow too much if you have to borrow because it can be extremely dangerous and can bury you. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum, though. I'd love for you to share what I call a career or business aha moment. It's one of those times when you go, ah, yes, this is the path we need to go down. That's the right direction. So share one of those that proved to be true for you. I wish I had a a defining aha moment that I could give you. I think one of the big ahas for me 
in my business, because I have a seasonal business, was really making it through the winter. My business had got to a certain level that getting through the winter wasn't such a tragedy. <laughs> I mean, well, getting through the winter wasn't such a, you know, yay, we got through another winter. And now today, by spreading out my business and figuring out how to do that, it's really changed a lot for us as a company. But I think getting through that first winter where it didn't really, it doesn't feel like winter anymore. I mean, we're busy all through the winter, you know, working. And um, in, in the early days, I mean, I can tell you that my partner and I used to play basketball in the, in the factory, just waiting for the phone to ring. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah. Just because, well. you know, we're, and you're so busy in the summer and then the winters were just so opposite. And today it's right. not like that. And I, it was a big deal for me as a business owner and, you know, growing, building this company was a big deal. Yeah, to get to that point. Well, congratulations to making it there because seasonality can be such a big factor for so many different kinds of companies and brands and what they do. I was in the car care business and yeah, the wintertime, most of the country was freezing. Nobody was thinking about washing a car or waxing a car. So we had to come up with things that they could do in the garage to take care of their cars. And that led to some innovative thinking and innovative products and so forth. But same for for grilling. And I would think there's a big part of this country that doesn't really have a winter, so they can grill year round. I mean, it rains up here where I live, but down in Southern California, where I grew up, you can grill 365 days of the year. So focusing on those parts of the market may be a, a way that you can um, even that out. Very cool. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car, that first car in your life that really had great meaning for you, and maybe share a memory you have about that vehicle. That would be. A 1997 355 Spider Ferrari. Oh, pretty special. I did not buy it new. I bought it in 2004, and it was my first. It was my car that, for me, defined uh, I made it. Yeah. And uh, it was a big deal for me. I still own the car today. When I lived in Southern California, my wife and I used to go on these two or three three-day uh, Ferrari drives with the uh, Ferrari Club in Southern California. And we had a lot of fun. They were great weekends. And so putting the top down and driving that car was, you know, we've had a lot of, put a lot of miles on that car and had a lot of fun. It's a special car to me. Probably always will be. Uh, yeah. Will I ever sell it? I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah, was, they're uh, beautiful, beautiful Pininfarina design. And, you know, the first time I drove one of those, what stood out to me is where the pedal cluster is, because it's kind of off to the right. It's not where you think it should be when you first get in. You're like, what's going on with these pedals here? Did that take a little bit of getting used to, or did did that seem weird to you? Yeah, and you can't wear fat shoes. <laughs> you got to wear, you, you got to, yeah, you can't wear like, the, you know, like a wide running tennis shoe or anything. Cause no. You're right. No. The, the pedals are off to the right, and they're very close together. Typical of Ferrari's. Love for racing and not so much love for comfort. <laughs> and right. so, you know, they've, they've changed that over the years. And um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, I haven't driven a lot of early Ferraris, but I, I would imagine they're not much different. Yeah, I, that's what stood out for me in that car. But wonderful V8, that thing, there's a 3.5 liter V8 in that car. Just And I love the design when that car came out as well, even more than the 360 that followed it. But yeah, fantastic car. It's very nice. Well, how about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've let go that you really wish you had back in the garage? I had a, a 96 911 Turbo. Nice. This is a 993. It's the end of the, it's the end of the uh, air-cooled Porsches. 
I think I'd want it back. I, I think it's an iconic car, especially for Porsche. And I enjoyed driving it. Probably shouldn't have sold it. What are you going to do? It's gone. Yeah, I know. I had a 98 C4S that was just a delightful car. 993 just, uh, yeah. And I always kind of think, why did I let that thing go? In fact, I was down at Car Week about two years after I sold it. And the guy drove by. I screamed out, stop. That's my car. He looked, Mark, is that you? <laughs> I go, yeah. That's and funny. uh yeah, yeah, they're great cars. They're just fantastic cars. And of course the market has kind of uh evolved that way too. They've become uh a little pricey. Nice. Well listen, let's talk a little bit about your involvement with Ironstone Concord. I know that you're the tour director this year, and I'm very excited because Wayne Craig, who put us together, who's been a guest on the show, has uh invited me to participate in the tour. So apparently I'm gonna get to drive in some pretty cool cars which I cannot wait when I get down there next week. But tell me a little bit about why you're involved with the Ironstone Concours, what it means for you and for people who haven't attended. What can they expect to see when they get to this spectacular event in Murphy, California? Well, first of all, the setting is absolutely beautiful. There at the Ironstone Winery is the lake. There's an amphitheater. The concourse takes place on the seating area of the amphitheater, or part of it does. So it steps mm-hmm. up. So there's some elevation there. And then it actually flows back down towards the lake in the backside. Uh, the setting is beautiful. As far as the range of cars, you know, they do a great job of bringing in, um, you know, classic concourse cars, pre-war and post-war stuff. And, and they have a whole trailer, camping trailer section that's just a lot of fun. Really? So camping vintage, trailers? Yeah, all these vintage camping trailers. Wow. And people do great, you know, they do a great job and, and, and the beautiful, beautiful uh, trailers and all the, uh, they have muscle car, the muscle cars and it's just a great, a great venue. I mean, if you're a car guy, there's something there for everybody uh, as far as eras of cars and, and high end and they do a good job of bringing in, you know, really good cars. And uh, I think he's, uh, this year they're doing a super, supercar section i think that's what i'm i'm bringing some cars there for that you know there's like i said there's something for everything there's an auction there um, they do a fundraising for fh oh the 4-h group the kids the 4-h group you know they have fundraising there's auctions there's but the cars as far as cars go it's it's a great and it's a very large i mean there's a lot of cars i don't know how many cars they bring in but it's a it's a huge venue and there's wow. the winery there. You can go wine tasting, and yeah. it's a great. And, and Murphy's a great little town, v- very um, old California gold rush town, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of character. Fun, fun place. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I understand that's kind of the uh, it's kind of southeast of Sacramento, kind of the roadway to um, as you go into the Sierra Nevadas there and uh, Yosemite and some of the beautiful parts of California. So I'm very excited, looking forward to it. For you listeners out there. If they want to know more, go to ironstoneconcord.org. You can learn all about it. If you follow me on social media and you can't make it to the event, of course, I'll be posting lots of pictures because I'll be going and carrying my camera and participating. I'm fortunate enough to be a keynote speaker there at the event. Can't wait to do that and to participate in this tour that you put together, Mark. I understand from Wayne Craig it's going to be spectacular. I'm very excited about that. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Mark. If you were a vehicle, if you were manifested into a vehicle, what would you be and why? A 1976 930 Turbo. Hey, there you go. The first generation of the Porsche Turbo. And why would that be? First of all, I think it's a classic car. 
and I and I feel like in many ways I'm old. I'm an old. Uh, I'm an old school type of person in uh-huh. my thinking. And then it's very agile. It has the ability to maneuver around unforeseen uh, obstacles. <laughs> it's quick. It's fun. And it's a hardworking car. It's one turbo. Today everything's twin turbo. Back then that was one turbo, and it, yeah. it, it and it was a great. It's a great. It, it's a great car today. Uh, in its time, it was it was you know spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, it was the it was the supercar of the day. I've got an '87, so the next generation turbo I've had for about eight years. I just love that car. Took it for out for a drive yesterday. The sun was out, and it's like, man, gotta drive this thing more. It's just so much fun. It's uh makes all the right sounds. So there you go. Well, Mark's a '76 turbo. That makes sense. Well, Mark, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's. Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine-washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you in your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Mark, we're back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give me a very quick blip of the throttle answers for each of these. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Buy low and sell high. Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm just Don't get too emotional. Don't be too emotional about the cars. And, and that's kind of hard. Yes, a, um, I think so. It goes both ways, but it does make it tough. Uh, when you're in the when you're in the car hobby business, to be you get too attached to cars, and so yeah, that's for sure. I understand. Yeah, uh, sometimes it can make you make or it can help you make some very bad decisions when you're exactly. too emotional yeah. over a car, especially on the purchase side of that. When you're buying a car, yeah, that's when it can it can it can bite you. 
Yeah, I have a lot of friends that call me the car doctor, and when they're about to make a purchase of a car, they always call me, or at least their wives make them call me and ask, is the doctor <laughs> in? And my job is to kind of give them a little rational thinking there, and I have to walk a very fine line between the wife and the friend on how to make this That's thing right. work or not work up. Huh? So far, I've figured out a balance, but boy, I've come close to getting in some trouble there. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes? And I tell my I tell my kids this, going to work every day. You know, going to work for me is a habit. I get up in the morning, I go to work. I don't have to go to work every day, but I do. There's days when I, I'm going to go to work and I think it's going to be a quiet day and it's not very quiet. <laughs> yes. So I think going to work every day and being engaged and being and doing that on a regular basis uh, has really helped my success. But I, yeah. but I do, I do consider it a habit. Yeah, and uh, I'll add to that, and that's what Cars yeah is all about. Pick a profession you are passionate about and you love. And I know that old saying that you, uh, it's not like going to work. It's still work. It's still hard, but at least you'll enjoy it. That's so important to go through life that that way, and not just wait for retirement or wait for those weekends. Find something you're passionate about. Excited to get up and go to work every day, just like Mark. Now, how about a resource? There are lots of awesome resources for us these days. Is there one in particular you'd like to share? Uh, I wrote a book. You did? Yeah, I did, called Pocket Mentor. It is a resource. I wrote it for the purpose, the sole purpose of helping young entrepreneurs that don't have mentors. I don't know if that's what you were referring to as a resource. Well, it can be. Yeah, I think, you know, you touched on something important here. Be a mentor to somebody. If you're successful in a field, or in anything in your life, be a mentor to a young person. I mean, you can make a huge, huge difference. And I'll tell you, Mark, if there's one thing I have learned after a 1,119 conversations, we as human beings are best when we are giving back to others. Not that we expect anything from it other than just giving to others. And being a mentor is exactly that. If you're a good mentor, would you agree? Uh, I, I absolutely, and that's for that exact reason. That's why I wrote this book. Is because I didn't have a mentor. I had a great dad. My dad, wonderful dad, still alive, but he wasn't a he wasn't an entrepreneur. He worked for a big corporation, and so he couldn't help me with, you know, all the different questions I have, or the or, or the you know the obstacles you run into, and and so I wanted to give that all the things that I've learned over the last twenty five years. Give them back and let people take those and use them and, and help. Hopefully, they'll help help somebody. Absolutely. Now, if I can arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? It would have to be Jay Leno. Yeah, that'd be cool. And I would love to get him on this show. Holy cow. He really is knowledgeable about cars. And the guy's driven a million different cars. And, I, you know, I, I could have a lot more than a drink with him. And, you know, there'd be a, you know, uh, a lot of questions to ask him and just insight that he has on things you, you, you're never, I'm never going to have a, I'm never going to have a chance to drive the things he's driven. So it'd be fun. I got to talk to him briefly down on the lawn at Pebble Beach and he's just such a nice guy. It's amazing how he stops and talks with everybody, takes a moment of his time to say hello, a picture, whatever it might be. Would love to get him on this show. I'm trying. I will continue to try. Eventually I will get him on cars. Yeah. He's a very busy guy. I always ask my guests about a book they might recommend. Now, you recommended this book that you wrote, The Pocket Mentor. Where can people find that book? Amazon. Amazon. Great. I'll make sure I put a link to that book on your show notes page so people can buy a copy of that book and read it and share it. Uh, Sounds fantastic. I look forward to getting a copy as well. In fact, I got to get a copy and I'll bring it and have you sign it when I uh, 
see you at the Ironstone Concours. Well, listeners, I'll remind you, you can find links to all these great resources Mark has shared on his show notes page on the Carsia website. Just go to Carsia.com, type in Mark, and the spelling of his last name is N-U-R-E-D-D-I-N-E. All right, Mark, we are up to the checkered flag. This is the fun one, but there's a couple challenges with this question. That's why I call it a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet, but here are the rules. It's the only one you can have. You have to drive it. No garage queens. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars back. So what can I buy you today? You could buy me a 1931 Duesenberg Murphy body Model J coupe. (laughs) Nice. What is it about that car you love so much? First of all, I love, and unfortunately those cars, the popularity of that whole style of cars are starting to fade out with this new generation of these younger kids and everything, but I love that classic long body car. You know, the sedans are one thing, but the the coupes are another. This car in its day had a lot of power. Um, It's a beautiful car. Just the conversations, you know, when you're driving a car like that, the conversations you're going to have with people are going to be a lot of fun. And driving the car is going to be you know, you really can't compare it to anything because it's a whole different feel of, you know, I just think it's iconic. That car uh, won um, Le Mans. It won the Indianapolis 500. There's a million cars out there. To me, that would be a great car to have. It would just be a lot of fun. And, um, no doubt. A great experience. No doubt. And a wonderful car built in Indianapolis, Indiana, designed by Gordon Burig, I believe, is the way you pronounce his last name. Uh, gosh, big seven-liter motors. I mean, they're just, yeah, they're spectacular cars. Uh, I've never had the luxury of driving one. I've gotten to ride in one, and it's just amazing when you ride in that thing for a car that old because it's just like a tank. I mean, solid, quiet, smooth, just kind of does it all. So what color would you like your uh, Murphy-bodied coupe to be? Black and red. There you go. That sounds fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Well, Mark, you've taken me on a great ride today. I knew you would, being a tour director at the Ironstone Concours. That makes sense. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the Sierra Nevada mountains in that beautiful 31 Duesenberg? Uh, I can. Work hard, be patient, and do what you do because you enjoy it. And don't do it for the money. Perfect. The money will follow, I guarantee you. And what's the the best way for... Yes. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your company? Uh, on Bull, www.bullbbq.com. There you go. Listeners, I'll make sure I put a link to that website. It's an awesome website. If you love barbecue, uh, whatever capacity you're involved in, this is the company to, to uh, resource and talk to. Uh, Mark, thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Ironstone Concour. All right. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. 
For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.